0: It's called wokeness, and it's a plague. A plague that places tyranny before freedom, criminality over virtue, and hate over love. It's a plague that threatens what millions have died for. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. We will fight it. We will defeat it. We will eradicate it. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the least woke man in America. How about that intro? I have gotten a lot of positive feedback about that intro. I just love it. He did a great, great job. Hello, everyone. Welcome to leastwoke.com. I am the least woke man in America. Now, I did not do a weekly recap on Sunday like many of you. I was really busy with family stuff being Easter. Uh, So I will have one next week. So this is more of a theme-based podcast, as I call it sometimes. We're just more of a thought piece uh, than anything related to specific news items that are going on because... For example, I know there's bigger news stories than some of the ones I'm going to discuss here, but the main theme of this is the progressives are not learning. We are being dragged deeper and deeper into wokeness, which means we're being dragged deeper and deeper into dishonesty. We're being dragged deeper and deeper into a dysfunctional value system where Uh, societies just do not work. And so I call, as of right now, the big three. Crime, journalistic truth, and financial, uh, I don't know what you call it, immaturity, uh, fallacy-type thinking. So that's the big three. And of course, you could add the border to it. You could add a lot of things to it, but for me, the border just falls under just generally crime, where there is no uh, following the law. There is no really caring about the law, where law-abiding, responsible citizens of a country come last, which I don't know where that has happened before in the history of mankind. You have to step back and look at all this. A lot of times we jokingly say, third world country, third world country. If we go down a road like a bunch of potholes, we'll joke around and say, oh, it's like a third world country. You know, we all do that. Let's be honest, right? So, Uh, If we're going in an area where there's only one television station, it's like a third world country. But mind you, many times in the third world countries, there might be lesser technology, there might be lesser healthcare, lesser education, etc. And the uh, judicial system uh, might be very uh, corrupt. I'm not naive. For example, South America, Mexico, because of drug cartels, etc., But there is at least an emphasis on law and order. I mean, third world dictators, even the most ruthless ones throughout history, had a basic common sense to know um, if you keep food, uh, you know, the food supply functioning so people don't go to bed hungry and people can walk down the street and feel safe, you can get away with a lot. Behind the scenes, a lot of people throw their arms in the name of the human needs for stability and security. Throw their arms up and say, arms up in the air and say, I don't care what the hell he does as long as I get food and as long as I don't have to worry about being beaten or mugged or having my stuff stolen. I don't care what he does, and I'm not saying that's right by any means. But at least they have the common sense to realize that. So to say that we're going in the direction of a third world country, even that. Is not necessarily true because they have the wherewithal, even if it's not the most healthiest or you know heartfelt reason for doing it. At least a lot of dictators have had the wherewithal to protect the average citizen, the average tax-paying, responsible citizen. So then, if some revolutionary comes along and says, "You know, we don't have free press, we don't have this," people shrug their shoulders and say, "Yeah, but we kind of got it good." And um, and again, I don't think any of this is healthy. But I see where they're coming from. So, where I'm going with this is, uh, you see certain stories about crime, etc. The border, where tax-paying, responsible citizens are constantly playing second fiddle and are a lower priority than either illegal citizens or law-breaking citizens, is really, in my opinion, uncharted territory. So, um, this is a random story that I, it was a jaw dropper for me. And there's a lot of jaw droppers. If you're normal, if you're a quote unquote somewhat normal, not perfect, but somewhat normal, traditional, mentally balanced member of the society, you probably can't go on your phone or look at the news on your phone, iPad, desktop, uh, go on YouTube, watch the 630 News if you're a dinosaur like me and still like to glance at that from time to time without, without having a jaw dropper. So this was not a major story, but it shows where we are. I don't know if you saw this, Franklin Graham, Son of the great preacher Billy Graham and Franklin Graham, Franklin's version of Christianity um, and some of the stuff he says, uh, you know, is more conservative than I am personally. But I understand where he's coming from. He has made controversial comments in the past. Some of what, some of them that I disagree with. But regardless of all that, regardless of all that, a fully functioning adult can see someone they don't agree with and disagree with them respectfully and articulate their opinions without full blast dishonest demonization. Like this story. Um, the, the the headline is, and this was all over the left-wing news rags, preacher Franklin Graham condemned for telling Fox News viewers to pray for Putin. Quote, you pervert the word of God. Now, here's a classic example, before I get into what he said, this gets all over the left-wing news world, all over the left-wing social media world, just like Don't Say Gay. Most of them don't even read the actual story and make complete fools out of themselves, and they call us the sheep, and they call religious people the sheep, while at the same time they will see this headline, and then a month later, some Christian person in their family uh, we'll mention something, nothing to do with Franklin Graham. <laughs> Did you hear about Franklin Graham? How he loves Putin? Did you hear about that? <laughs> you all know how it plays out. Now, there's just, you know, some, uh, you know, some <laughs> purple haired 300 pound Hillary worshiper can't wait to jump out of her cubicle and let everybody know <laughs> about Franklin Graham. Well, here's the actual substance of the story for the six people left in this country who care about that. What Franklin Graham said was, and I would recommend for people to pray for Putin. I don't want to be misunderstood on this point. So that shows now, even if you throw a disclaimer in there, like I always say, the 9 million disclaimers for the hypersensitive people in this country, it doesn't matter anymore. He says, I want people to pray that God would change his heart and he turn his heart around and that he would um, repent for his sins. So even that is not good enough anymore. And I think the reason they know that is because you put the headline in and no one reads that part. And it's pure Trump, Russia, Russia, Russia. And nothing, the truth absolutely does not matter. And here's the part, you all know what we, I, my friends, the progressive scary face, where you literally read that to them like I just did, and they just sit and stare ahead with a crazy deranged look right in their eyes. That's how much the truth doesn't matter. That's how much we're in uncharted territory. So, and and the craziest part is, what I've always learned is that, um, You know, usually the old left, even if they didn't like Christianity or didn't like biblical Christianity, they loved the touchy-feely Jesus about forgiveness and loving criminals and praying for your enemy. And that's touchy-feely Jesus. And, you know, because there's you know, a dozen Jesus quotes in the New Testament that are rather terrifying about him, you know, being the only way to God, uh, etc. And they'll go, you look and tell them, you know, they look like a deer in headlights when you even mention that to them because they contrived the hippie, touchy-feely Jesus. And so here we are with a Franklin Graham following a playbook of hippie, touchy-feely Jesus. And that's not only not respected, but the entire headline itself was wrong. And so, and that goes back to the title of my the podcast here. They haven't learned anything, whether it's Russia, 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 uh, just the abject lying about everything, and it's going to continue. And I, I think they're emboldened by the you know oligarch Zuckerberg and um, some oligarch Bezos and you know some of the power that the tech and social media biden's oligarchs have when it comes to this stuff because they know it can be manipulated watch that's which is why the elon mustang is such a massive we won't get into it right now such a massive deal with twitter really just i mean that is just one of those events uh even if he doesn't buy it and it shocks the system there that it's just one of those points in american history where if you study american history You'll see certain crucial points where, like, wow, the whole thing as far as the Constitution, the Republic, the respect for the individual could have been lost at that point if someone had not emerged. And I really, I, I really think that uh, that could be the point. But uh, so again, the, the Franklin Graham thing—I'm sure a lot of you, it's, especially if you're not, you know, diehard Christians, isn't something that came on your radar. But the, regardless of religion, the principles behind it should. Scare the living daylights out of you. The misleading headline, the fact that the substance is so different, and again, this new emerging left is so scary that they don't even have respect for hippie, touchy-feely Jesus, which has been the Jesus of the left since the 1960s. So I'll be right back. Okay, so continuing our theme of just asinine asinine articles or, or news events. I don't know if you've seen this. Now the left is criticizing Greg Abbott for how much his plan... I want, let me step back. I don't know if any of you know this. It's. I find it funny. But Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, is actually shipping illegal immigrants as they come in on buses to Washington, D.C. And this country being this country, of course, he's not doing it by force by any means. I guess they have to sign a waiver. They get on the bus. They're taking to DC. And in the left is like, it's just a stunt. Of course it's a stunt. You bet your rear end it's a stunt. Why lie about it being a stunt? It absolutely is a stunt because when you're dealing with such irresponsible, foolish behavior, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, you have to sometimes illustrate absurdity by point out point out uh the absurdity by being absurd. Greg Abbott is being absurd for a reason. You're dealing with idiots, reckless, irresponsible idiots. So of course you have to do stunts sometimes to get across the American public and not just the American public, but the freaking AOC squad, Bernie Sanders, Pelosi, make-believe land crowd of how this really works. Because they have the gall just ship them all to Texas, ship them all to California, just hope it all works out. The minute they show up in D.C., oh my God, what would you do? Can you believe they're overloading us with these immigrants? That's the level of self-centeredness you're dealing with here. So Axios, here's the story. Now the left, it's amazing when they become fiscal conservatives In certain situations. Like remember Trump's security. How much secret service Trump required to go golfing at Mar-a-Lago. It's amazing when they have overnight conversions to fiscal conservatism. So supposedly Greg Abbott's little uh, stunt is uh, costing um, the uh, country billions. By sending people to Washington D.C. So um and the other thing abbott did was increase inspections of commercial vehicles coming into the country and you're not going to believe the article on msnbc about this it's um about they blamed him for creating gridlock and delaying auto parts and other critical things, disrupting the supply chain, and I can't even talk about without laughing, and causing more inflation. So Greg Abbott is causing inflation and disrupting the supply chain. Not Anthony Fauci, not Pete Buttigieg, who was in bed with his husband and having twins and on a a three-month maternity leave at the peak of COVID. None of that create supply chain problems and inflation. Greg Abbott blocking reinspecting commercial vehicles looking for undocumented immigrants is creating inflation and and frankly I mean if there's going to be something that disrupts the supply chain that doesn't drive me insane kind of enforcing our border is part of it. If someone says I got to wait a little bit longer or pay a little extra for a car part because someone is at least attempting to stop 7,000 people a day who no one knows their, who they are, no one knows their background from entering this country. I'm sorry if that affects the supply chain and costs billions of dollars in economic disruption. And unfortunately, the Wall Street Journal went right along with it. A publication that I normally enjoy and, and read every day, because they are somewhat objective, but of course, excuse the coarseness, they were the whores to money as usual, how much money it cost, like it doesn't, and here's the thing, with whether it's the busing to D.C., or the reinspecting of commercial vehicles, they're worried about the cost of that? What is the cost of 7,000 people a day coming in who immediately need food shelter medical care many certainly not all i'm not gonna you know i'm not some of you might be rubbed away rub rubbed the wrong way by this they're not all criminals some of them are of course be foolish they're coming from narco states and if you say they're murderers rapists and drug dealers then you're a racist think think about that Think about that. That, Yes, if Germans came into America in the 1930s, they certainly weren't all Nazis. Only a small percentage of Germans were Nazis. Nazis were such bullies, they took the whole country over. Same with Mexicans. Uh, Not all Mexicans are drug dealers. Not all Central Americans are drug dealers. But when it's that pronounced and widespread in a culture, of course you're, if you have a lot of immigrants come from those countries, you're going to get more drug dealers. I mean, it's just so commonsensical. And that it's that, just one of so many things that's so dangerous in this country is that the person in the room telling the truth and saying common sense, that they actually have the guts, I'd like to use a different word, to demonize. And it's just abject narcissism. To make yourself feel good by condescending the person who's telling the truth just because you can't handle the truth. Not to sound like Jack Nicholson, but it's true. So this is just utterly amazing to me. The cost of Greg Abbott's bussing the uh, illegals to D.C. And the cost of re-inspecting the vehicles. Now we're all worried about the cost of all these things. It's it's really it's really ridiculous when you think about it. Uh, one other story I wanted to uh, cover under this, in this segment is in Syracuse where I live. It made national news recently. I don't know if you saw this. So an eight-year-old boy was in a small store, stole a bag of potato chips. The owner called the police. The police showed up. They walked the eight-year-old boy crying with no handcuffs, to the police car and took him home. Now, what part of that story, for, for those of you who uh, grew up in the eight, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, what part of that story is a shock to you? Don't, don't you, Couldn't that have happened when you were a kid, white, black, Hispanic, no matter what your background, no matter what your religion, no matter what your gender, whether it's the two real genders or one of the thousand fake genders, what part of that would you not expect to play out when you were a kid, eight years old, uh, somebody owned a store, they saw you or one of your friends stealing something, they called the police, the police walked you out. If you watch the video, which the left has gone insane over, what you'll see quickly is there's one, they see three cops dragged him out of the store. One cop brought him out of the store. The other two cops were standing there because, because we're in a post-truth world where the act, the crime of stealing something is placed second fiddle to groups versus groups, which is actually a regression in a society that is not progress that is not progressivism when the actual substance of the event plays second fiddle to what color everybody's skin is or what religion they're part of that's really bad territory and that's where we're in so the the crime itself did not matter um really the child does not even matter if you think to the people who are demonizing the police in this situation because and the people who, there's two groups of people in this country, the people who built the country and the people who didn't. Now to the people, what I call the people who built the country, which I'll get into detail about them at some point, to the people who built the country, a law abiding city, country, when you stand, so you know some cities have a like a mountain or a hill close to them where you could stand there, you could see the airport, the hospital, the colleges, the universities, the roads, the bridges. The people who built that, the people who built the military to protect all that while it's taking place, the people to save money because at one point, it wasn't the Federal Reserve printing money. You're not gonna believe this just to sustain this whole thing. There was blocking and tackling self disciplined people who week after week would go to work, be frugal, save money. Those deposits were used to create mortgages and loans, etc. cetera. And was there a Federal Reserve? Yes, but it wasn't like a great big nipple the entire country has to suck from out of neediness and dependency and greed and helplessness like we have now. So those are the people that built the country. And to the people who built the country, because they're grounded in reality, have common sense, and are loving, you're not going to believe that part, it's a more mature type of love. So those people see that eight-year-old and feel sorry for the eight-year-old. Because the eight-year-old who's stealing now, where would they, where is that kid going to be five years from now, especially once he gets home, it's all over the news, he was the hero, the cops were the demons, where does all that end 10 years from now? Not good. The people who built the country know that. The people who are destroying the country, the people who are sucking from the country, the people who uh, add nothing to this country don't understand that. So yes, is there a racial, is there a certain group of racists who look at the whole story and say, ah, just a little, you know what, and are, are just bad people? Yes, of course there is. There absolutely is those people. But there are millions not thousands millions of white people who look at that story look at the eight-year-old kid and feel bad at, at the whole thing now with the cops the only thing that could have been done differently with the cops um and we know you never know the details you're never allowed just like hunter's laptop we're not allowed to know the details we don't know what played out with the store owner we don't uh, how, act, don't know how the kid acted when the cops showed up Whether he just burst out crying right away when he saw him or whether he, you know, he swore at him and acted violent. You don't know and you never will know because we're not allowed to know. We're too stupid. So anyway, um, so maybe the cops could have handled different. Maybe they could have called the father, had the father come get him, not made as much as a scene. I get all that. But there was a, you know, it could have been handled differently. Because you make the case now five years from now that kid is a teenager, he's got stronger, he's got more testosterone, whatever. He sees cop cars go by and he's full of anger. I get all that. But um, so it could have been maybe handled different with the cops. I'm not ruling it out. But as far as the big picture, no one cares about the store owner. Yeah, that, that is just, he's just some guy who got lucky and owns a business and some type of privilege is baked in the cake there. So... Um, Really, they're not. They don't care about the kid. You, a real, like I said, I'm not going to repeat myself. But a fully functioning adult looks at the story. They want the kid not to be abused, but are concerned about the kid. And then, the people who made the country built the country. Um, if their eight-year-old kid was caught stealing, the police. And this is white, black. Uh, Hispanic, whether they were Polish, Irish, Italian, German, if they came under the white umbrella, and the cops show up and say your son was just caught stealing a bag of potato chips, the cops would be the least concern of any parent from that generation, I'm talking 60s, 70s, 80s, etc. it would be anger, frustration, embarrassment, disappointment, shame on the parents' part. So you can play the games with a story like this as far as the good guys and the bad guys, but if you actually care about the group, which I was always taught the left were the big group people. Republicans are just a bunch of knuckle-dragging animals trying to accumulate as much wealth during a short period of time Uh, They have on this planet while screwing workers and uh, having as many mistresses as possible. It's just the Great Gatsby on steroids. That's the Republican Party. And um, so if you want to go that route, you can. But to me, that's the big picture here is that um, you're creating hell on earth, really, is what you're doing. You're creating hell on earth. Uh, Just lawlessness, victimhood, demonization, Everything is based on race. Facts don't matter. Principles don't matter. People don't matter, uh, as we see with "Don't say gay." Kids, sure as shit, do not matter, or their health. I mean, <laughs> and they're talking about suppression. One, one of the story, I think it was MSNBC. I saw that he will have repressed memories, trauma from this. Okay. Uh, like right now, if it wasn't for Ron DeSantis, some overbearing teacher would have her, you know, would be pushing gender education into a six-year-old's face or talking to them about sex, because that's what don't say gay is, your loony left-wing aunt isn't who's going gay, 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 with a defiant look on her face, she doesn't know how stupid she sounds. Just like the Franklin Graham people don't know how stupid they sound compared to the actual substance of the situation. So that's where we are. I mean, the kid, I I mean, it's sad. I mean, you go different routes with that as far as the financial part, you know, if kids left run restrained, the cost and the rest of us financially, the human part as far as how does the society function and the well-being of that individual if nothing is taught except for we're victims, the cops are evil, um, the store owner is just some guy who owns a lot of stuff and happened to get lucky. And um, again, could the cops done a little bit differently, maybe more gently, maybe called the parent, drove the parent over, had the parent deal with it? I'm aware of all that. I'm aware. It shouldn't be, you know, but but the optics, they jump all over the optics, and it just becomes dummy food all over the Twitter, all over the... And, but Bill Maher, like Bill Maher is saying, and I have a lot of problems with Bill Maher, but they can't get through their heads, just like they can't get through the dishonesty part. Twitter is not America. Twitter is not reality. So... As long as there's at least, I, I mean, the millenn- anybody in their 30, that, that group, when you poll them about stuff, it, the results are so terrifying to I me. Mean, I don't even like to talk about it. But the 30 and over crowd at least realizes some of these things. And like Bill Maher is saying, that's why the Democrats continue to play to the Twitter crowd while real blocking and tackling America. Which, again, are the people who built the country type people, you can lecture them until you're blue in the face. No matter how many PhDs you have and how many different colors in your hair. They know right from wrong. They know mature versus immature, real love versus make believe left wing love. And they're not buying it. And to that extent, is the extent that we have hope for this country. But uh, it's delicate. And uh, frankly, I don't know where it's going to be 10 years from now. You know, like many of you, I will buy books sometimes, use books, whatever. And they'll sit around, sometimes for years. I'm sure a lot of you can relate because you get busy or other books become movies, life becomes a priority. So I've had a book called The Dismantling... Excuse me. The Secret Knowledge the on the Dismantling of American Culture by David Mamet. And he was the... Actually, the uh, he won the Pulitzer Prize. He wrote Glengarry, Glen Ross. Great movie. And... Uh, Just if you read his uh, resume, his biography, it's just really impressive as far as playwright, um, movie writer, all all types of things. It's remarkable that he he turned into a conservative uh, in Hollywood, in the industry that he's in, I guess what I'm saying. But, you know, he, he was courageous. He did it. And frankly, he's one of those people he's so talented, kind of like Clint Eastwood. They kind of, I think, in a way have to tolerate him. Uh, just because of the level of talent So I love the, uh, I mean you can read his Wikipedia page It's. Uh, it it it's, uh, really says a lot about him There's a great interview uh, between him and Ben Shapiro And there's a lot of great interviews with him on YouTube regarding just politics Obviously there's interviews regarding his career But specifically uh, politics And one thing, the last paragraph on the His Wikipedia page, many of you will like, it says in 2022, Mamet made controversial comments in support of Florida House Bill 1557, formerly dubbed Parental Rights in Education, and branded the, quote, don't say gay, end quote, bill by its critics, which we all know is a massive misnomer if you listen to my other podcast about that. Which places restrictions on the ability of public school teachers in the state to discuss sexual orientation and gender identity with students. Now, remember, as I mentioned before, it's K through three students, five year olds through eight year olds, not just students, not high school seniors. It is stopping publicly paid school teachers from talking to K through three kids about gender identity and sexual orientation that this, this is not wikipedia this is me kind of drilling in in your head but i think it's so important because again don't say gay and then all these hollywood idiots and these fools on liberal twitter and liberal social media getting in front of cameras going gay 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 with a defiant look on their face not knowing how foolish they look pure russia 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 embarrassing Anyway, back to the Wikipedia, in an interview with Fox News, Mamet claimed that the law was necessary because teachers are, quote, are abusing children mentally and using sex to do so, end quote, further alleging that teachers are inclined, particularly men, because men are predators to pedophilia, end quote. Okay, so I mean, all you have to do is think um, Catholic priests, Boy Scout leaders, they couldn't, and, and what happened with Catholic priests and uh, the Catholic Church was terrible. I am Protestant. I'm not a Catholic. A Catholic Church is, and I, but but unlike the left who loves the poor, Catholic charities, Catholic people, non pedophiles, many Catholic priests have done tremendous works of charity for the poor across the world. You never heard of that part, but um, so they couldn't go after them about hard enough about molesting kids and talking to young boys about sex well uh, yes there was actual physical acts in those situations but okay say if a catholic priest 20 years ago was even talking to k through three kids or a boy scout leader was talking to boys k through three i guess it's you're not even boy scouts at that point it's cub scouts uh, or tiger cubs or whatever it was I, you know i was in all that stuff which i enjoyed uh, thoroughly and so <laughs> it, it would have been. It would have went nuts. You know, what I mean, one in 1993, one Cub Scout leader in Portland, Oregon, talked to a bunch of six and seven year olds about sexual orientation and gender identity. That would have been national news because of how awful it is. And now we have to pass laws to stop public teachers from talking to kids about that, and when we pass that law, all hell breaks loose, and then you hate gay people, so it's ridiculous, I'm not going to repeat myself, so he has a great interview with Shapiro, I'll put on the big feed, and uh, Mamet is a very, uh, he's an orthodox conservative Jew like Shapiro is, and so one point he makes right at the beginning of the interview is that in traditional Judaism, two rabbis would sit down to discuss a matter, and I found this really interesting. Almost like good two good, intelligent, rational attorneys. And they would first thing they're going to do is talk about all the stuff they agree upon and then build up from there. Okay, so and I, I don't know this stuff inside now, but let, let's use a common sense example. We could be talking about energy and maybe a conservative Republican and a not not a progressive, but a Democrat might sit down and agree upon the following things. Do we, is oil a critical resource right now? Yes. Will it be a year from now? Yes. Do we need it to drive cars? Yes. Are we going to need it a year from now to drive cars, to fuel, uh, create electricity, to heat our homes? Yes, yes, yes. Every All this stuff everybody normal agrees on. So you keep building up. I'm not going to be redundant but then you get to the point as far as uh, does green and solar stuff work? You know, for the most part, yes. Would it be great if 50 years from now that is the predominant form of electricity, of energy? Yeah, the way to create it, yes. And then, of course, where it gets sticky is well, how fast do we do it without shocking the system? And then there's disagreements say 3% a year, 5% a year, 2% a year. How do we go about it? What companies do we favor? If we do favor any companies, you get it. But at least the common sense basics are there, which you do not have with the progressive left. People will say to me, What's the difference between a Democrat, an old school Democrat, and a progressive? Well, a couple of things are right away. First of all, um, Democrats. Love America, see it in a positive light. Progressives, hate America. Law and order, Democrats believe in law and order, maybe a little softer than normal Republicans. Progressives, like the eight year old we just talked about, have almost a disdain for law and order. It's about race and victims and hating cops and it's scary. So, and the other thing I'll say is this, is that Democrats will pull on your heartstrings many times in a very meaningful way. Like a Democrat will make the case a traditional democrat you know is it right that jeff bezos is building a new 250 million dollar yacht and getting ready to go to space again yet some guy who's working at a pallet factory for 20 years blows out three discs in his back can't work loses his house isn't that kind of out of balance or you know is it right that some trophy wife of a, a hollywood billionaire is getting a uh, hundred thousand dollars in plastic surgery yet some Um, You know, poor kid, appendix explode and the family has to spend 20 years paying off the doctor's bill. And so you at least walk away saying it's not about hate. It's not about, you know, class warfare. It's not about destroying the whole capitalist system there's at least some type of healthy intentions. So a Progressive, you walk away, it's full blast, Bernie Sanders, crazy look in his eyes, can't trust him as far as you throw him, completely over-promising, no respect for frugality, no respect for individual property rights, just complete hate-based, not realistic craziness. And so that's And I found that so interesting because that's where we are now. It it, it, it used to be two reasonable groups of people with, you know, just philosophical disagreements. that have to end there. You vote. You go home like the textbooks versus tanks thing I talked about in a previous podcast, and that's it. So, So now you have a group who's literally trying to force decisions and legislation and policies on their people that don't even aren't even in reality. And so this is the last story we'll talk about. I don't know if some of you around the other parts of the country know that New York is now talking about a gas tax holiday. Uh, so, because the gas is so high, so what you do is you have a holiday and stop the gas tax, which of course is meant to pay for highway infrastructure. So every part of this is wrong, every part. So. Biden being a Democrat, progressive Democrat, he what did he do? He drops half of our strategic reserves to drop a price of nickel. I told somebody the other day I said that's all you need to know about the Democratic Party. Waste half of our reserve. When COVID is not over, look at Shanghai. You have global instability, uh, massive war, biggest war in Europe since World War II. What does the president of the United States to do? Drains half their strategic oil reserve. So there you go. Um So, and then in New York, of course, a predominant uh, progressive dominated hellhole that I live in, uh, they're talking about dropping the, have a holiday for the gas tax. So what you see in this behavior, whether it's Biden or the holiday, you're acknowledging if you're a Democrat, how critical the resource is by doing these gimmicky type things, but still at the same time, cannot psychologically grasp or accept more of it needs to come out of the ground. So you're saying we can do the gimmicks because it's that important, but we will not allow more of it to come out of the ground. And don't even get me started as I talked to you a lot on the previous podcast about Biden getting out in that podium and really pushing these oil companies to really get serious about using those federal leases. And I, I, I wish I knew how it was. I think I was watching it with some family members, they might remember, who was on Fox News. I'm not trying to sell the know-it-all, but it said exactly what I said. The reason that oil companies aren't using those leases is because there's zero trust. If tomorrow, I don't think it'll happen, but Russia, Ukraine, make a peace deal, that all ends. And when within six months, COVID abruptly ends, no talk of lockdowns or supply chain problems in China, you bet your rear end, they are going to be all over oil and energy production like flies on dog crap. And the oil companies know that. So they're not gonna spend billions of dollars on their shareholders' company. So cause before the for the time being, we are a uh, the society that believes in individual rights. The oil companies are owned by the stockholders of the oil companies. Oh by, <laughs> who by the way, do you know what one time the New York State Teachers Pension Fund was one of the biggest <laughs> biggest holders of ExxonMobil? <laughs> Tell that to your retired aunt art teacher who uh, had um, (laughs) Joe Biden stickers all over the back of her car. So anyway, um, they're owned by shareholders and it's their decision if they want to pull the trigger, not Joe Biden's, on billions of dollars of their stockholders' money to pull the oil out of the ground. It costs a fortune to pull the oil out of the ground. No one has any respect for the brains, the discipline, the engineering, the transportation any are refining anything to do with any of that. All they want is the end product. And if that means they have to be on, if they get what they, they want, if they want to get what they want, if they have to be on some program, government program, where the United States taxpayer pays for them getting what they want, so be it. They don't care how the sausage is made. They want what they want. And that's how most of the country, unfortunately, works at this point. So it's just, it's absolutely insane. I, I just cannot believe this. And uh, these, these these sales tax or tax federal and state taxes on gasoline are specifically meant for highways. And so what you're doing, like I said, both areas Joe Biden dropping the reserves or this makes us a weaker country. You know, period. So I don't know. I don't know where any of this is headed. I uh, you know I was speaking to an elderly lady, lady recently. Came here from. Eastern Europe in her 30s, and now she's in her late 80s. and It was really an amazing story. She got tears in her eyes, talking about leaving her family behind, about when the Nazis came through on the way to Russia, the Russians came through to attack Germany. She remembers all that as a little kid, remembers seeing uh, Jewish people uh, haul off in chains, just very powerful stuff. And to see someone that has lived through all that and uh, just was so grateful at one point to come into this country and now to see her attitude towards this country really was really took me back, and because um, again she's one of the people that built the country, period. Frugality, hard work, uh, very spiritual person, very devout Christian, uh, very concerned about the materialism that she sees. Can't even relate to what she said, uh, and and so you know, and there's a lot of situations, times in my my personal life. You know, there's a lot of times where. I could have the money to buy something, see on Amazon, and I wait a couple days. If I'm driving in my car and I'm hungry, and I can purposely drive by a uh, food place and wait another 20 minutes. And I'm not giving some personal development lecture. God knows I got another stuff to work on. But my point is that if you look at all everything we've talked about here, in the general philosophies that are predominating the culture, where does all this end? And, and it, you get such an eerie feeling if your mind isn't altered on substances like 70% of the population. So you can't change it overnight. It's, yeah, obviously, we are, because of the oligarchs that control media and social media, it's tough. But uh, in your personal lives, one thing I just recommend impulse control thinking, uh, because, you know, it, it, um, it is this. Becomes your reality as far as we get everything what we want when we want it type of thing. If that's ripped away, the animalistic type culture and scariness that could prevail, and I've heard other people talk about this with the inflation, etc. Or if the government can't provide all these entitlement programs, that, you know, we can't, like I say, you can't control society. All you can do is control yourself and um you know say it doesn't work go that way and things do work out at least uh impulse control and self-discipline is a little bit better why i'm saying this i don't know but it's just something i've been thinking about recently it's just that uh and i hate to sound so dire and of course there's many positive things taking place in this country every day whether it's Uh, inventions people becoming educated solving problems people really getting off drugs alcohol people cleaning their act up people overcoming medical problems etc so and that's important to focus on all those graces i guess you could call them throughout life but at the same time you cannot we cannot ignore the big picture here and it has to be attacked it has to be attacked. Like I said in this podcast, maybe someone that's too coarse, uh, too blunt, I, I really don't care at this point because there is a fine line between being a law-abiding citizen or a cowardly enabler. And I think we all need to think about that. And I'm not in any way proposing violence or upheaval, but you know that that's what eats away at me is like am I somehow enabling all of these things? Because then you wake up 10 years from now And you just um, cannot believe what you're staring at. And I'm not trying to sound self-righteous because like that woman, the elderly woman I'm talking about, they see the world because of their value system, because of their upbringing, because of what they've seen in a different set of eyes. And when that set of eyes and that value system built this country and is disgusted at what it's seeing now, that is disturbing to me. So, like I said, like there's positive things going on. This is a good country. It's a good country. It's based on great values. It's based on a great constitution. But in no way should it ever be taken for granted. Thanks a lot, everyone, for this episode. This is the Least Woke Man in America, and we will be back. See you later.